and and so um you uh uh use use chris uh we'll edit that out um <laughs> use use Yus, reporting live from Watertown, Massachusetts. <laughs> Colin, we Moose got use and use and use. All these utes. All these utes. So here I am taking a break from technology to take a walk in the woods the deep woods nobody's around for quite some some way some <laughs> ways and uh and i just thought fellow was a highly appropriate time as i sort of disconnect to um hop on a voice over internet protocol uh mobile <laughs> client and connect to a uh, linux server that delivers our uh chat room to you today yes sir and 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 how is it out there is the weather weather treating you well it is goddamn beautiful out here. Wonderful. A perfect place to podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> right on. And uh, you out there with uh, Mr. Bruce or Bruce? Yes, my wonderful little dog Bruce is out here. And if you hear me uh, holler off into the distance for him to return once or twice, just roll with it. It's part of the <laughs> theater of the mind. <laughs> That's right. So this week, I think we should sort of get, uh, get rolling with a... Let me can edit that out. Let's, let's try to let's try to keep it together, Goulet. How about this week? We're gonna do uh, another kind of format shakeup as we play with how we like to make the podcast. And so, I'd like to ask Mr. Moon a couple of questions about his t- new toy that we talked about over the last couple weeks. Yes, 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 yes. So, I. During during PAX East, I won in a in a giveaway uh, an AMD Ryzen seven eighteen hundred X CPU, and so it was the perfect excuse to to put together a new build, especially ahead of the spending embargo that that uh, will be will be coming up soon in my life, and so it was the perfect time to to get this to get this in just. Uh, just ahead of that. And so this weekend, I have everything that I need to, to put that build together. And so I will be assembling it uh, either later on today or tomorrow. And um, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, it's not. Um, so I, I, I wasn't able to get a new graphics card. Uh, just wasn't just wasn't in the budget. Um, I just can't can't really afford those premium prices right now. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, that's something that can maybe be rectified in the future. Uh, but uh, with such a thing, upgrades are possible, which is the magical, wonderful secret about building your own PC. It is beautiful, yes, especially with the GPU that that you know it's 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 always compatible as long as you know that that uh, PCI Express is is there. So yeah. And, um, yeah, so, uh, some of the things that I got, uh, I got a new case for the first time since I started building computers. I've always used the same case. Oh, Uh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, it, 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 uh, when I got it, it was, um, it was like one of those, uh, PSU case combos and the PSU is garbage, but the case was actually pretty, pretty decent. Uh, it had all of the, uh, space that I needed, had some, some good, uh, uh, spots for, for fans and the airflow was pretty good. But, uh, I decided that, you know what, 
this would be a good opportunity to to maybe treat myself to to a new case. Um, and so I mean, I got, while you're upgrading, right? I mean, I may as well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> got to keep things cool in there. And so I got an uh, NZXT H700i, which is a uh, nice kind of. It, it's marketed as a mid tower. This thing's pretty big, <laughs> but um, I like big towers. Yeah, I know, you know, it's all the rage to have small form factor. No, but I like no, big I, aggressive cases give me that airflow baby keep it cool that's that's what i want i care about those temperatures so um i also like having the extra space to upgrade if i wanted to so say i wanted to put uh you know take the take the dive and and do liquid cooling as, instead of air air cooling um I, I, I want to have the space to do it exactly um i really like the layout of this case probably my favorite th- i mean well not only just visually and design wise it's a really like attractive case um it has a nice big full tempered glass pane so you can see everything inside it has some built-in leds if that's your thing um i'm i'm not super into the rgb thing at this point but i thought it would be maybe kind of cool to to do a themed color you know rgb led um lighting feature um, we'll, we'll see how I feel about that once it's up and running, but, um, it's um, always a, you know, I mean, it can be sometimes I think that I like, I've, I've, I've got this, uh, this like love hate relationship with lights on at night, you know? Yeah, no, me, me too. But I, yeah. So we'll, it we'll seems see. so cool <laughs> Un- until, <laughs> until the, I, I don't need to turn the overhead lights on because this thing is just like the yeah. sun inside of my room, <laughs> this pink fluorescent sun <laughs> or whatever color you want it to be our neon god yes exactly but um the what what really sold me on the case was when you take the other panel off where all of your wires go it has these dedicated built-in uh channels for all of your for all of your wires and so the organization factor was oh, that's just awesome i haven't seen i i it's certainly not a feature on my case um and and so the organization uh, level was was so intricate. I was like, all right, that's that's what I want. So that's why I picked that's up this case. Awesome. So yeah. that'll be make it very easy to keep it clean. Oh yeah, the Maybe inside. A little bit more work at the outset, but yes, totally worth it. And the inside, you you won't really see any wires uh, dangling or anything. Everything is is going to have kind of a place for for it to be behind the back panel. So the one thing about the case that. Uh, I, I wasn't crazy about uh, just just kind of reading about it and and you know kind of listening to some reviews. It does come with this this kind of smart fan control device, and it's it's advertised as kind of machine learning. It uh, it it creates kind of a, a algorithmic uh, uh, output for your fans based on your 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 needs uh, after it learns your machine a little bit. I read that it can be really buggy. And so I just took it out. <laughs> it's this little, this little that sounds very stupid. Yes. It's this little thing that, you know, that you plug all your fans into and it, yeah, it, it does, it does all of that. And I was like, um, and it was also like, you had to create like a login. It had to be connected to the internet. And it was just like, I don't really want to have to worry about my fans being connected to the internet. Oh my and this God. Stupid little thing. So yeah, it's just like a big, fat fucking back door exactly just like wide open for anybody in your fan controller exactly and so i saw chris i loved everything else about the the case though and so i just i i just took it out <laughs> so yeah yeah respect yeah 
Um, but uh, what what else have we got here? I'm, I'm turn around here. Look at my boxes. Um, oh, it's like Christmas, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it's uh, yeah, nerd, nerd Christmas. So um, uh, I got a new power supply. Uh, I got an EVGA 750 uh, G2. Um, nice, 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 beefy power supply. Um, beefy and stable. And stable, and that's that's the and fully modular. That's the other thing that matters a lot to me. I don't don't uh, homie don't play that semi modular PSU. For those playing along at home, fully modular means that all of the cabling is customizable in length and direction by being able to plug in or unplug modules of cable into the main power supply. Yeah, as opposed to non-modular or semi-modular where some connectors, some um, uh, wires are fixed to the PSU <coughs> Excuse me, and you can't... Uh, you can't change their layout or um, configuration or, or anything. Very handy if you're trying to keep things looking clean. Yes, indeed. Um, and so I got yeah, the case. I got a new CPU cooler. Um, <coughs> sorry, folks. I'm getting over a cold. Uh, pardon me. Um, let's see. What else did I get? Um, Motherboard. Well, talk, tell but, me about oh, yeah. that a little bit. I, uh, right. I'm always interested in uh, the sort of peripheral features and like you know, what made you select that particular piece because it's the, you know, hub of the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, so, so the, the motherboard, there, there were a couple of things that I was prioritizing. One was having ample SATA ports. Um, yeah. Just, just making sure I had, uh, Tray is important. yeah, but basically, um, I, I wanted it to have the ability to grow if I needed to. So if I wanted to put a second GPU in, I could, if I wanted to add more hard, hard drives, uh, I could, um, uh, uh, the ability to support lots and lots of RAM, you know, if I wanted to upgrade that. Um, so, so, so things like that, but also making sure that it had good, uh, BIOS updates, um, that it wasn't going to get left behind. And so in my research, I had, uh, uh, considered a couple of motherboards, uh, both made by, uh, Asus. And, um, one of them was the, I think X, B350 and then the X370F. Um, and one is significantly more expensive than the other. And I was considering doing the cheaper one just to kind of be a little more budget conscious. But then I discovered that um, uh, it doesn't have as much support anymore. It was kind of phased out and and for a few other reasons. And then so I, I went with the, uh, the X70F. X370F. Excellent. How many SATA ports did you end up with? How many, uh, you know, PCI X16 slots did you end up with ultimately? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's two PCI uh, 16 um, um, slots, and to remind myself how many SATA ports there are. <laughs> Where are you? Where'd you go? Meanwhile, I'll breathe that fresh air. <laughs> eight. We have eight. Eight SATA ports. Wow. Yes, Beautiful. Sir. Yep. Beautiful. So more. And M M2 support, I assume? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, a glory to behold. Yes, absolutely. So very, and it's just kind of an attractive motherboard. It's not over the top because, because sometimes you'll, you'll get these motherboards that, I mean, if it, if they it look suits, like an anime character. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. If you're, if you're looking for that aesthetic, fine, you know, if it fits a design, 
uh, that that you're going for kind of a, a centerpiece. That's that's great. But I wanted something a little bit more neutral because the, the the case that I got is is black and white, and so I wanted something a little bit more subdued. And so this this fit the bill from a from a visual perspective as well. Oh, excellent. Oh, excellent. Well, you'll have to you'll have to post some uh, some pornography of it once it's all put together. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. as always, I here's I, I will toast to a post in hopes yes. that it posts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very good. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah. I also up, uh, got better RAM um, than I currently have. Um, Did you go for ECC or just uh, your your regular type? Uh, I went for uh, yeah uh, regular type, but I got uh, DDR four. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Went went to the yeah. Tis the season. Ne- yes, next sir. generation, man. That's awesome. Yep, that that's is right. excellent. So that is exciting. And to seal it all together, you're gonna put a what was it a, a GTX. 1060 yeah for the um, graphics card yeah which is what i'm currently running in my system and again i just yeah i just i can't i can't uh justify the expense for for the new gpu with the the prices the way they are i feel like a 1060 will carry you for a while so. oh it, no it totally will i'll be fine for for cer- certainly through the uh the spending embargo yeah cheers to that Cheers to that. So, uh, just briefly, I wanted to ask you about overclocking potential with the 1800X. I think you can overclock it to uh, 4 gigahertz or maybe even above, actually. Because, right, the the base uh, is 3.6. Oh, yeah, you can definitely get it to 4. You could probably do it even more, actually. Interesting. That sounds like a monster. Again, because that's 8 cores and, you know... 16 threads exactly yeah so if um i would probably feel a little more comfortable doing that if i had liquid cooling uh sure uh, i'm always temperatures down yeah i'm always a little wary of, of overclocking the cpu but um because the airflow is so good in this case maybe i'll give it a shot well and if you do you'll report back I... oh hell yeah <laughs> Yes, Excellent. sir. Congratulations, dude. You've Thank you've you. earned it. That's awesome. That is Thank a, you. I, I, I hope that machine serves you well and I look forward to hearing uh, about it in the future. Yes, sir. I'm I'm looking I'm yeah. living vicariously through you. <laughs> Well, thank you. And um, it's also exciting because I'll still have my other machine. I mean, all of the because uh, I, I have a, a, an older spare GPU that's that's going to be OK for uh, for for the purposes of this. And I think I'm going to turn into a dedicated Linux machine. So, oh, be still my beating heart. Yeah. <laughs> that's the plan. Oh, well, I will just you you just you know where to call. Yes, sir. You know who to call. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> So, Christopher, you have a bone to pick with software business models. Man, maybe we I know, can phrase like, that a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the, uh, a pretty dry way of saying this. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like I I think uh, I'm tuned into something that is probably common knowledge for most people. But maybe I'm a bit of a frog in the water, as it were. You know. <laughs> right on. So, what's going on? So recently in my life, I've been suddenly working with a much, much wider degree of software than I had in the previous months, simply by virtue of like the direction of of business and life and all that, right? Right. And 
a lot of this stuff is like at every level. We're talking things that are, uh, you know, really desktop focused, things that are online, things that are, you know, cloud branded, things that are not utility gotcha. level, all over the place, right? <laughs> Word. So one thing I'm noticing is that, you know, the vast majority of these known software vendors sell on a subscription basis. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have noticed a correlation, I think, between that kind of a, a business model and a, and a certain responsiveness to user feedback, right? Like, obviously, all software makers are incentivized to listen to users. Sure. Right? But doesn't sort of charging by the month or by the year incentivize you to, like, be on top of it? Well, like more than normal. <laughs> I, I, I see, and I actually I disagree. That's where I disagree. I, okay. I think that at its core, what you know, that's the the stated goal, right? It's like very direct. It's responsive and it's long term. Sure, theoretically, but what it does is it like it creates this hold back, this sort of arm's length, right? That in a pipeline that should be direct all the time as like things are getting updated and things get, get patched as software requires over time. There's this knowledge in the back of your head that you can't fix things too quickly. You can't fix things too, too quickly because a new feature is there's very, very rarely in a constant stream of, of updates can a new feature make make headlines, right? Sure. It's hard to like get this just mind share of of what's new and what's hot, the traditional ways people sort of buy in. And so you end up incentivized to kind of to kind of just roll, right? And stretch out something as long as possible. Sure. Because the less work that you do over a longer period of time equals more money for your company. Gotcha. Right. And so like compared to the way it used to be where, you know, you would buy software and then a couple years later, maybe you'd buy an upgrade. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm usually the open source guy and I'm not here to be like, you know, this is the best way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, you know, I, I just like, I'm also somebody who will pay for software. Right on. Yeah. And so to see, to see this change and to like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's affecting all levels. What do you think? Well, um, I, I guess I, I, I guess I want to maybe try to better understand. Um, so, so what? So, is your concern that that it, because it's a subscription basis that things are getting pumped through? You know, updates and new features are coming through too quickly. That um, that things are being focused on enough or it's it's a worse user experience that by virtue of the the model you you have to stretch time right you have to stretch time to cover uh you know your development process so the less development you have to do with x amount of revenue per month means mm. means that you're incentivized to right slow things down and not be as diligent Yes, yes, yes. And I think, I think that the, 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 the real uh, 
issue is that there's probably not too many other business models that will work in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, like even, you know, if you can sell a single app, like the most sold in the uh, Apple uh, App Store or the Play Store, it's only a couple of dollars, right. usually, right? Which is like nothing compared to like getting, you know, hundreds of dollars for an office suite. Right. You know, every other year. So to compete with this, you know, low price or free or, or you know, freemium where you, you know, buy into something through through use of that game or application later or, you know, um, get mined for the data that they can turn around and sell. Right. There's, you know, those are the realities that compel companies to structure their software this way. And it's, it, it strikes me as a, as a, as a really sort of, you know, fearful situation actually. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and so, so you, you had mentioned, um, uh, a, a couple of different services that that kind of um, came to mind. Uh, one of them was Shopify, and one of them was QuickBooks. So, in, I, I don't use either of those services. So, I don't know if if um, I think you've had some experience with QuickBooks, correct? Oh yeah, I've been I've been neck deep in both. Actually, <laughs> okay. okay, right on. So, so um, let's 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 put a kind of a real world example out there. Right, 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 right. So. <clears throat> Let's use Shopify, I think, is the one of the sort of, you know, starlets of um, software as a service. Right. Because it's it is fairly useful in a number of limited paradigms. Right. If you want to do an online store, if you've ever, you know, tried to have like a WordPress site with WooCommerce Mm -hmm. or something like that, it's, you know, an order of magnitude easier. Right on. You know. And it has support for all of these fun little plugins and integrations that let you add stuff to the site. And of course, all of the above is for a monthly charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But here's where it goes off the rails. While easy to use and to sort of set up in a prescribed uh, pattern people don't really do that mm-hmm. and they let you know you 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 customize you know this whole experience to a degree you can get themes right you can mm-hmm. get all of all of these you know plugins like i mentioned earlier and you can tweak it mm-hmm. it's almost like working on a real web application, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Until it inexplicably isn't. And you hit this wall of customizability or, or this like this, 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 you know, just, Oh yeah, that functionality isn't there because we're actually pretending to be a standard. It, It looks like a standard and it, acts like a standard but 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 it, it, it isn't it's a different thing right it's a totally different thing because what they're doing is they're they're maintaining control over certain sectors so that it's 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 unique it's individual it can't be you know it's not just an, a, a run-of-the-mill thing you have to hold something back right so there's a huge ecosystem of 
you know, plugins and, and, and themes, like I mentioned earlier, that are more than happy to take your money on a monthly basis as well. But normal people with good ideas get into these situations where they just want to grab this and grab that and it's sold like, you know, you can, you know, have a drag and drop platform and everything is so easy. But because of all of the things you've pulled in, right? The things you've pulled in that change in this way or that, they find themselves painted into these corners where very simple customizability like I'd like to move this button over here, or I'd like to change the contents of, of, of this menu become impossible. Gotcha. So it feels you, you, you're buying into something based on, on this, this promise of customizability. And then you, you feel a bit, uh, well, like you said, painted into a corner, maybe even a little short changed because if you're paying for, for that level of, of service, uh, and not getting it, then, well, that's not good. <laughs> right, right. And because they have to structure the business in a way that creates as little delta as possible to, between point A and point B, mm -hmm. there is no incentive to, to change any of that. Gotcha. I see. Okay. Ever. There is no incentive to, 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 to rectify that situation because... By the time you're there, you're deep into the payment model, probably relying on some core functionality. And even if they just got you a 51% necessary, you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're still deeply tied to their ecosystem. And somehow something that you were, you set out to pay, you know, $80 a month, which is, you know, for a bunch of functionality might not be so unfair or unheard of you're on the hook for hundreds of dollars per month. Now Shopify is just one app, but I think it serves as an interesting example for, for software at large, especially things that are, you know, that are sort of web app focused, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> gotcha. So, so any, any other examples that you can think of? Let's see. I want to pick one that is going to be sort of widely known. I did mention QuickBooks earlier. Yes. But that's not as that's that's a not very sexy piece of software now. Is it? <laughs> it probably is to some people. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. <laughs> so so QuickBooks for years was a, you know, buy a buy an application, you know, in an upgrade on whatever right. cycle you're on for, for, you know, for years and years and years. And now to, to they're, they're still huge into it. They have, they have uh, QuickBooks and TurboTax and Mint. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are all, that's all the same company. Right. And of course they have, you know, to, to keep up with the times like QuickBooks online, you know, they're, they're cloud based solution for finances. Mm -hmm. So, Back in the day, old school applications, back when you were allowed to use your file system. Now I sound like a curmudgeon. <laughs> back in my day. Get off my lawn and let me have file system level access. 
You would, of course, you know, use an application like QuickBooks to track your finances and you could save it to a file that would, you know, be on your computer and and you could do what you want with that, right? Well, right. I think there are some that might feel like that. It might be a, um, a sort of core facet of, you know, the whole the whole uh, uh, life experience is being able to control things like your financial mm-hmm. records. <laughs> or- now, when you use QuickBooks Online, you can do a variety of exports to like the CSV format, comma separated, right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of a shitty intermediary spreadsheet format. Right. But of course, QuickBooks Online, to be, to be cool, to be useful, has to have a variety of baked-in features and funky things that let, that you, let you look at your data in different ways, manipulate it, and, you know, pay your bills and just, you know all in one spot, right? It's a cool, useful thing. Right. But heaven help you if you find yourself reliant on older versions past some arbitrary point in the sand when the company decided that, well, we're not really looking to treat data in a common format anymore. Never mind that, you know, these are... Being able to push around financial records and and data structures that can be used in a common way from the same company is kind of a solved problem. <laughs> but there's no incentive to make that compatibility because if you were all you know if you're in a situation where even though you've relied on this company's product for years, they've been competing in the environment where you know you can only have dollar sales for for applications for years right right they have no reason to reach back and help you they have every reason to get you on something that lets them count on revenue no absolutely and i'm, I'm looking at their web page right now um yeah just just kind of looking at all their subscription services and um yeah it's like i i feel like something like this you would you would just you would yet yeah, you would buy the bit of software, use it for a couple of years, which is how it used to be, and then it's like it's like now they're saying, well, that that way, I mean, that's practically an abacus. You just uh, no, you do this instead, and we and give know, us I, money, please. Sound like like I said, it sound like curmudgeons, but it's <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom, I suppose. It's just that I don't really see a way for that to change at the moment, given the market reality. I no, feel like not at all. That's a, a a huge, a huge paradigm shift. And oh yeah, I mean, and, I'm think think about how many thing, how many subscription services that people have for uh, entertainment, and then apply that model to all of these other facets of of your life. I mean, it's it's a cash cow. That's right. It's a cat. It's a cash cow herd. <laughs> it's a herd of cows yeah. mooing yes. money. Yes. <laughs> But it, but it simultaneously disincentivizes the provider from doing, from 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 progressing. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? from ac- actually innovating. Yeah. So it's a. I, I think it's contributed to an overall downhill uh, de- decline in software quality. Gotcha. Gotcha. At a time which is so it's so weird because there's so many more tools than ever before to make good software. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> But who knows, maybe that, maybe, I mean, at some point, maybe this will come to a head and the frustration will be so high that people will use those tools to, to, to maybe revert it back to the way that it used to be. 
and that that cycle will repeat itself. Yeah, I think you're probably right about it being a cyclical thing. I think you're probably right about it, you know, coming and going over time. I mean, like it or not, uh, the development of software is going to be with us as a culture for a very long time now. Oh, yes, <laughs> for sure. But but a good good observation, man. It's just been bothering me lately. It's just been weighing on me because I feel like uh, this is a particular wall I keep keep finding my head beat against. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So we have better news too after a little bit of a forest rant. Uh, <laughs> a game that I have been waiting for and I know you have been waiting for. Oh yes, yes, yes. May have a, a, a dribbling of a rumor. Yes, so uh, CD Projekt Red, the uh, uh, gaming development company behind uh, the Witcher video game franchise, as well as their Gwent standalone game, and um, uh, they are uh, have have for a long time been working on this game called Cyberpunk 2077, which is this very futuristic, seems like uh, uh, you know sci-fi RPG, uh, you know oriented uh, video game that I mean sounds really cool at least it sounded really cool in like 2013 when when you know we first kind of heard about it and there was this this trailer that they released and then nothing um silence silence at least until now and so they're and and these are these are just just speculation but but the signs are there that we may be looking at a release for this long anticipated video game and so uh what what happened this this past week was um according to a financial report given to the cd project red stakeholders uh the those stakeholders will not be paid dividends for the current financial year which is a break from tradition they said that instead that money will be used to um fund pre-release marketing uh for uh for for the game and so that that has to mean that that if they're if they're already pumping money into that now we have e3 coming up in about a month and a half we're probably going to see an announcement of the game then and cd project red is going to be there that is confirmed that is a hell of an alignment of facts whether or not it yields an announcement yes. remains to be seen. <laughs> but it does feel very good. I will say that. It sure does. Yes, sir. So my I, body I'm is ready. Optimistic. My yes. body is very much ready for, for this to so ready. come to fruition in some way. Yeah. And and especially with the growth of, of the studio in general, they've opened up a new office. Uh they've they've hiring rampage i mean they've just been grabbing people left and right for for development so i mean they've they've got to be ready <laughs> well here's hoping mr limp lungs here's hoping yes. <laughs> thank you here's hoping <laughs> i'll tell you i i you know i've been uh, uh pretty focused on some some other things and gaming has maybe especially uh you know up-to-date triple a gaming has maybe taken a back seat uh, in Word. my life for a while. That is up Fair until, enough. of course, our dear friend Colin here 
uh, gave me the download code for the new Far Cry game that came with uh, one of his purchases recently for the new computer. Yes. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a finer gentleman to give it to. Ah, oh, shucks. Ah, oh, shucks. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And- <laughs> And talking about Cyberpunk 2077 makes me want to talk about new video games across the board. And I must say, I think this Far Cry game is one of the coolest games I've ever played. And I, and, and I, I say that, I think that hardcore gamers might find it a little bit simplistic at first, too, to be, to be totally honest. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's, yeah, it's totally. it, the barrier to entry is very low, but it's really fun yeah some of the things that go on in this world it just it it uh it it feels uh alive and and it's just it's just a good game (laughs) it's just a hell of a lot of fun it's a fun fucked up world to inhabit this hope county montana where you know a crazy religious celt has taken over and there's nobody for miles (laughs) <laughs> it's it's good uh i i strongly recommend it and i'm glad that you are enjoying it i i can't lie uh in, in giving you that download code it was a little self-serving because i am hoping to have somebody to play co-op with so. no we gotta get on that we gotta get on that that sounds yes, like sir. a lot of fun that yes, sounds like sir. a lot of fun my understanding is you can just do story mode with two people you can, you totally can. Also, um, I've been really enjoying the arcade uh, uh, yeah, mode, which is that. just I haven't cracked into that yet. Yeah, it's just um, it, it's just maps and and like uh, maps that people have created. Um, some of them are are made by you know the Ubisoft team. Like they had some just on hand that you know for for release, but um, most of it is is user generated maps of you know outposts and uh bounty hunts and uh you know assault type maps and then of course uh multiplayer uh death death match um and um what i what i think is also really cool about the arcade mode is that you can earn um money and the silver bars and also perk points uh through the arcade to use in the game so there's there's you know, an incentive to, to actually play and, and, and do it. And it goes both ways, too, actually. Like, the things that you do to your character in the single-player mode affect your performance and stats in the multiplayer mode. Correct, including perks that you take. So certain, you know, whatever, you you know, if you choose to carry more ammunition, you can you can do so in in, in the arcade mode as well. So it's just to, to yeah. hold your breath longer underwater, that translates. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or hold more guns and... and I have to admit, like in this, as we've talked about, like loot boxes and like really dirty tactics that gaming companies are using to separate you from your money. I have to admit, I feel like my early my early feeling is that this game really has a well-established barrier and, and kind of stays on the right side of that. I yeah. don't ever feel like I, I have to like there's no there are no loot boxes. It's just you know, aesthetic and, and uh, things you can buy that are, that are, you know, value add. And, you know, whether they're overpriced or not is not my, not what I'm commenting on here. There's no method of, of deception at play. Right, exactly. And the opportunity, I will say the opportunity is there to buy the means for buying in-game currency, but you don't have to. The, the game does not, force you into that it doesn't pigeonhole you into it uh you can play the game in a reasonable fashion and do all the things and unlock all of those things just through normal 
average gameplay. And, not, and the, the speed at yeah. which that happens feels gamified, not weighted exactly. against you. Exactly. That that's sorry. That yes, exactly. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So yeah. uh, let's do some co-op and uh, this week and, and report back with uh, with that when next week we do a, a new episode that may be yes please a different format altogether. We you know you never know. You never you know. Never know. <laughs> we're not we're not being clever. We're we're being creative. Oh man. Well, well. Thank you everyone for for listening. Um, you can uh, uh, hit us up on our, our Twitter. Uh, mine is still Kaliali11. Uh, Chris is at Flexola. Uh, we're on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, email us hello at shinypodcast.com. If you'd like, you can take any old podcast catching application and any old podcast network and find us on it or plug our RSS feed directly into your podcast. Catcher at shinypodcast.com slash RSS. Throw it in there and you'll get all of the latest stuff as soon as we put it up. Yes, sir. And uh, if you uh, feel so inclined, have the time, we would love it if you took some time to review us on iTunes. Uh, it, it goes a long way to uh, for folks to, to kind of uh, hear, hear about us. We get a little bit more traction, and uh, it, it certainly helps us out. So if you feel so inclined, that would be great. Until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye.